Hello, my name is Anoa Changa. Happy April 4th, or actually it's the 5th. See, yesterday was 4 4 day. That's Atlanta day. See, I'm in an Atlanta state of mind right now, you know, sprinkle some crack on and make bridges fall and stuff. Um, welcome to the way of Noah. It is so nice to see you all this evening. Um, there is, as usual, so much going on all around down in this town, um, cross country, everywhere. Um, shout out to Kendall Jenner, you know, girl didn't know you was leading the movement to struggle out there with the Pepsi. Um, you know, everybody saying they're going to switch to Coca-Cola from Pepsi. Uh, you should go check out uh, some of the old tweets and other post articles from several different people back around 2015 in the summertime, around July, August, uh, when there were massive protests at Stone Mountain. Yes, Stone Mountain, the largest Confederate memorial in the country. Uh, there was a massive call of action against Coca-Cola. Uh, and its affiliation with Stone Mountain Park. So we don't like Pepsi. We're going to all go drink Coca-Cola, except for Coca-Cola is problematic as hell too. So is, you know, all the other products that are affiliated with them. Corporations are problematic and we do need to have a conversation about corporate responsibility and the way in which corporations um, not only uh, tread on or use our movements, our struggle, our work as, um, and I say our in a collective euphemistic sense because there's a lot of people who do a lot of great work um, and for those who may not be aware, the Pepsi commercial that somebody thought was so woke and such a great idea, um, you know, would have made more sense if they actually a place, maybe even, maybe if they had even got somebody young and black to do it, right? Um, to go around and giving out the, the cans of Pepsi to police officers, et cetera, like it was really going to bring about peace and change and hope and shit in the world. Like, does Pepsi even do community work? I don't even know. Um, but basically Kendall Jenner was in this commercial. There are tons of think pieces. I don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but, uh, I just want to say, you know, this is the thing I've talked about before with boycotting. We get really upset about one major, you know, one major person. We're like, oh, we're going to go do the competitor when the competitor is problematic too. It's the same thing. Like what was it last month, month before last when people were boycotting Uber and we're going to go use Lyft and Lyft is problematic as hell as well. So, I mean, there's a lot of problems. There's a lot of issues with, with, with the corporations in America, with the way they engage, um, with 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 us as communities, society as a whole, this commercial was problematic as hell. Like I said, there are several great pieces that goes go frame by frame. Basically, even my daughter is getting in on the action. She has screenshots. I guess there's a point in the commercial where Kendall has on a blonde wig and she's taking it off and she throws it, and the person she throws it at is a black woman. There, there, there are so many. There's so much to this. On there's so many levels to the discourse. I'm sure that somebody can have a dissertation on this and the other ways that movements and other things have co-opted. We've seen this happen across media time and time again. We see this happening with those who like to do product placement for, for um, using their own uh, uh, leverage and brand to do product placement, whether they're paid or unpaid, whatever. Um, so, so it happens. So I just wanted to, you know, boycott Pepsi, don't boycott Pepsi, boycott Coca-Cola. We need to have a deeper conversation about how to demand that, corp that corporations act responsibly and engaging um, with communities and society as a whole. Like, like, you know, they expect us to spend and give to them. They need to do better than this bullshit because um, this is bad. And, and the commercial hasn't pulled. So this is, this is however many millions of dollars, whatever that was put in this. And this, this was this was as someone described it. This was actually like the beginning of a campaign because this wasn't just a short commercial. This was actually a very longer, you know, involved piece um, that we've seen, you know, the likes of like Michael Jackson and other people do. So this was clearly the sign of some type of campaign they wanted to start and it's completely scrapped. Now, with as many notable figures, it is not hard to find leader or leaders or, or, or notable faces in the Black Lives Matter movement and, and, and other movements in terms of all the social cultural awareness things that are going on. It is not that difficult to reach out and find somebody to talk to if this is something that Pepsi wanted to show and give voice to, right? Like this is beyond just tone deaf. This is just basic ASF. Since I'm gonna try and stop cursing <laughs> for the night. 
but but yeah, so 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 but 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 my point still stands about you know we can, we can we can mount boycotts against you know corporations and entities, you know, but but the thing is like then you go flood the competitor. Like I said, Coca Cola just in the past few years has had its own own issues, and I mean if I'm choosing between Pepsi and a tone deaf commercial and Coca Cola and Stone Mountain which is the largest Confederate, you know, they, they were having Confederate racist rallies at Stone Mountain, you know, you know, a few years ago, like, like it's the largest Confederate memorial in the country. This is around a time where, where, where you know, the, the flag was coming down in South Carolina and all that stuff. So, I mean, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola has all other issues in terms of human rights abuses and other stuff. I mean, Pepsi and Coca-Cola, you know, corporations, they have problems. I remember as a kid in terms of, you know, thinking about Reeboks. When I was a little kid, I really wanted Reeboks. We weren't allowed to have Reeboks. We weren't allowed to have Reeboks because Reebok had not divested from South Africa when I was a child. Um, and, and you know, my parents being politically active, you know, the divested Coca-Cola for a period of time had not, you know, Coca-Cola eventually divested. But, you know, my, my family were Pepsi party people for that reason. So there are really serious, you know, reasons and actions and boycotting can be very specific and targeted. But if we're going to boycott, we need to have a directed purpose, right? We can't just be boycotting like, oh, I'm not messing with them no more. I'm going to drink this or oh, I, oh, bump Uber. I'm going to go use Lyft when Lyft has some of the same problematic issues as Uber and their investors are problematic as hell. So, you know, Walmart is evil, but, you know, now Walmart's just evil. <laughs> Walmart's just evil. But yeah, so that was just something that is off the top of the head. I'm really excited tonight to get to talk with Samira Khan, political analyst, former Miss New Jersey 2015. Bernie surrogate from the campaign. Um, I have followed Samira for quite some time. She'll be joining me um, in a couple of minutes. Just a couple of stories I wanted to run through, though, before she came on. Um, and I wanted to make sure that I, I had this right. So the first one that I saw today was from New York Magazine. Um, and it was about basically how middle-aged women are leading activism. Yay! Sisters are doing it for themselves. What I don't like about this piece not that the focus is on middle-aged women, um, which I think is good, right? Because I remember during the Bernie campaign, a lot of my sisters in, in Bernie, um, you know, especially working with women for Bernie, Women for Bernie was founded and run. There were quite a few women who would fall in this middle-aged baby boomer category, right? And there was so much focus on millennials and the younger folks who were out there. They would always say, well, we're here too. So I do like that there is a piece finally that is showing and displaying the activism and engagement of women of a certain age. Excellent. You know, they've been active. They've been here. You know, these are the same women that was kicking up dust, some of them back in the 60s and 70s and, 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 and have continued on in various manners. Anyway, what I don't like is the way we, we position one age group over another. Right. It's a different type of identity politics in a way. Right. Um, we position one age group as if it's better than or it's doing more than. So this, this, this group took a snapshot of its users and based on that, this article was written. It, the, the data, the, 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 the survey, it like has no real scientific basis or anything like that. But from this, they draw the conclusion that middle-aged women, despite the fact that younger women have been, and I say that, you know, as a borderline millennial, kind of millennial, depending upon who you ask, millennial, um, you know, there's a lot of younger women who are out here, you know, running and doing things as well. This, we don't have to struggle over who's leading what, what age group, et cetera. There's a diversity of action. And they focus so much on who showed up at either the women's marches or the Muslim ban protests, right? Those were the two, those were the two activism level, you know, benchmarks that they use in this in this survey. Um, and it's like there's been so much more going on. You know, there's been so much more going on since many of us were in high school or college or whatever. You know, if, if they're middle-aged women and they started doing this when they were younger women. I mean, so 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 things like this are very reductionist. And especially when we focus only on, you know, the women's, it's very problematic that we focus on the women's march as if it's the start of something, right? The women's march has culminated energy from various movements, various groups, and and, and various feelings of frustration, but also activism and organizing that predates even 45. Because one thing that people continue to say, and I appreciate all those voices that continue to point out that yes, resist, right? Resist all you want. But at the same time, you need to be resisting not just 45 and his idiocracy, but you need to be resisting the underlying systemic issues that permeate across the system. 
And the people, many of the people who, who are involved and engaged, there are several people out there now who are involved and engaged. You know, if they're of this generation, then that's what they've been doing, right? And that's what many of us have been doing who've been doing, who've been engaged and involved prior to 45 going into office. So I'm, I'm kind of like touchy and worry about, like, like, I don't like articles like that just because they do um, limit uh, uh, and minimize the experience, the veracity experience. And then besides, how many people under a certain age do you know really need text updates to tell them about going to a protest? Like, how many of us really need a text update to tell us about something that's going on? We're plugged in. As shout out to Patrick Hopkins, because Patrick said, any any article about online organizing that doesn't mention Slack or something like that, but it's talking about text messaging, clearly <laughs> didn't do due diligence and pulling this piece together. So so that was that was that piece. The next thing that happened today, apparently Rahm Emanuel thinks that. Um, in order to graduate from high school, Chicago public school students need to have either an acceptance letter to a two-year or four-year college or university. Um, they need to either be enlisting in the military at some sort or a trade program. Wow. Some people might look at that and say, wow, that's a great idea, except because it's not. It is not a great idea. It is a bad idea for several reasons. And, 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 you know, part of his rationale, allegedly, allegedly, assuming that Rahm actually gives a damn about Chicago public school students and their futures, when you look at his attitude and approach that he took following, you know, what was put in place by by Arnie Duncan and, 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 and uh, Little Daly ahead of him, when you look at what Robert Mann was done in a decimation of public school opportunity in Chicago, when you look at the way he has emptied out and destroyed mental health uh, uh, services in Chicago, I mean, when you look at the way that, that, that Rom has just crapped on teachers, students, and their families, right? The way he has just just disinvested and, and ignored communities. Um, um, J. Mal Green uh, uh, was was you know when they had a Chicago town hall, he had a beautiful rant about what Rom has actually done to Chicago instead of for Chicago, right? So 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 forgive us, Rom, if if we don't share your enthusiasm about this type of plan. So so what's the wrong with the plan besides all the you know the lack of investment? I mean, how about we invest in job programs for youth, right? How about we invest in after school programs? How about we put money and invest in schools instead of demanding more of an already overburdened system? Because you you you, you how are you going to demand that the kids who are already there trying to make it through as is do even more? to be able to graduate. Not to mention that it's not actually even, he doesn't necessarily have the legal authority to to make this a requirement, right? That's gonna be interesting because you can't, by law, they're not required. That's not part of the, you know, the requirements for graduation. The requirements for graduation are set by the state. They're not set by Rom and his little, you know, minions. Um, but, but, but there's no, you can't mandate that kids go into the military to be able to graduate. Like, why are you trying to, and let's be clear, when we're talking about mandates for Chicago public schools, Chicago public schools is predominantly black and brown children. I forget what the exact statistics are off the top of my head, but the Chicago public schools are predominantly black and brown children. So you're saying the black and brown children that need, they need to go do something. Where is the opportunity at? Where, where, where is, where is the pipeline from school into trade unions and apprenticeship programs? Because they can't take everybody. They're not going to take everybody. We have turned around schools that once had Bowtech operations and, 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 and apparatus. I can't even say the word. We once had Bowtech schools, right? We once had schools, but schools have been turned around, changed. They have been turned into specialty schools. Now, some of that is, has started to come back, but that's not available to everyone. You know, as someone pointed out earlier on Twitter, I can't remember who, so to give them proper credit, but thank you so much for pointing this out or might've been on uh, uh, Neffer, Neffer, who was on last week, Chicago activist mom, who I already know she's going to be giving him hell on this one. Can't wait to have her back to talk about it. But somebody pointed out, unless you're talking about making city colleges free for all, mandating that people have an acceptance letter to go to college, what does that do? Like, what does that do? He says he wants to give people something to aspire to. He wants to elevate people. But dude, what, what does that do? Like, how are you doing that? How about you, you invest in jobs? How about you invest in communities? How about you help create opportunities for you for, 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 for youth to have a stake in something bigger than themselves? 
instead of putting more mandates and encumbering their abilities to exist? Or how about you just step out the damn way so somebody better than you can come in and do the job right? That's what I'm talking about. Can't wait to see what happens in Chicago. Um, and finally, as I round out here, you know, wait for Sister Mary to join me. Um, there is another piece. So there was a piece recently about um, there is an officer in Chicago that has some going on around. Uh, I think it's like 50, 52, something like that. I forget the exact number. Uh, there's an officer in Chicago that actually framed, you know, approximately 50 something individuals. There's a great investigative journalism piece about that. Um, and that's kind of tails into the next piece is that Taser, Taser is offering body cameras to all police officers for a year for free. Wow. That's like, wow, Taser. But wait a minute. Why is Taser offering body cameras? Because Taser is the major mass producer of body cameras. Yes. Taser, the company that sells the police departments, their Tasers is also the company that, that sells many of them, their body cameras. And they're going to be changing their name for this this launch. Um, and there are some some issues and concerns now. The National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers, I think it is, is actually doing a um, a, a uh, webinar tomorrow at one thirty. Uh, the link is on their Facebook, um, and they will be doing a webinar tomorrow to talk more about from a defense standpoint, community activist standpoint. But 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 the, but but the body cameras is really interesting though, right? Because I think back at the maybe towards the end of 2015, maybe it was in the 2014. But um, Melissa, not Melissa, Michelle Alexander, um, those M's makes me miss me up sometimes. But Michelle Alexander has a um, a piece, or actually a couple pieces pieces that she's written about body cameras. And um, how they're how how you know activists have been demanding that we have body cameras for so long, but that was just a demand. No one had the follow up, and I think this webinar tomorrow, folks should definitely go and check out their the National Association of Criminal Defense Lawyers to check out their web their their Facebook page. They have a webinar tomorrow, and I think they'll be talking more about that because there there is more to it than just debating that their body cameras, right? Because as we've seen in North Carolina and other places, you know, um, local governments are trying to to refuse people access to the footage um, and, and or have it excluded from FOIA requests and things of that nature. So Taser, what's really interesting about this piece Michelle Alexander had did was she looked at how, um, you know, Taser is a manufacturer of police weapons, right? And they manufacture body cameras and how body cameras are actually going to be used as a tool by police for their purposes and their work and not necessarily to protect the public interest. Now, if we want them to protect the public interest, we need to make sure when we're negotiating or demanding these things that we also have another set of procedures, protocols, and policies in place that we are actually advocating for simultaneously, right? So it's not just, oh, body cameras, body cameras, body cameras. Yes, body cameras, they help, but we actually need to make sure that the transparency and access, who monitors it, all that other stuff's happening too. And I think people have started having those conversations over, over the past year or so, but we need to make sure that's continued. So I am now joined by the wonderful Samira Khan. Samira, how are you? Uh, hi, how are you? It's, thank you so much for having me. Well, thank uh, you so much for joining you. I'm, I apologize for the confusion earlier. Oh, it's it's totally fine. I, I've just never used uh, Google Hangouts before, so I didn't know how it exactly worked. Oh, I, I, I just, I, that's my fault. <laughs> Not <laughs> assume, but I thank you so much for joining me. How are no, you? It's a pleasure. I'm, I'm doing well. Um, I'm just uh, uh, dealing with all of this Syria propaganda that's that's insane at this yes. So that's what that's what I was so so I'm I'm so happy because um you know I get asked questions sometimes and I shy away from some stuff in the international realm, not because it's not interesting or not important, but I know it's not my forte. So I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on things that I'm not. So I'm so excited to have you here. No, um, you know what? At least you admit it. So then it, it <laughs> presents the opportunity for you to actually learn. A lot of people pretend yeah. to be experts on foreign yeah. policy when they know nothing. And then that actually just cancels out the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So for those who are not aware, Samira is a foreign policy analyst, um, political scientist, uh, not just a pretty face. So thank you so much for joining me. <laughs> no, thank you. I really appreciate it. I so, really appreciate it. I've been excited about this for, for like a week now, I think. Yeah, so. that makes my day. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Michael Salomon tells us, says, says hello. He's like, oh, you got to talk to Samira. And so I oh, finally uh -huh. did reach out to you and you responded. I told him, I said, she said yes. 
So, he's awesome. He's awesome. I think I I did a uh, interview with him a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yes, yes. For the uh, it was the day of that crazy Russia hearing. Oh God, yeah. I so, I think time goes by much quicker when you're in politics. Yes, it's it does. Like, it's like wow. But yeah. then at the same time, like without when the crazy things don't happen, and it seems like like time is it's just like wow. It does seem really fast. It does seem like we are because we're almost to the first hundred days of of his of this administration. That's just insane to me. I Isn't it crazy. I just can't believe that. I mean, I think ever since the Bernie movement started, mm-hmm. everything's gone so fast. Like we were at the DNC, then it was election day, and then it was inauguration, and now we're here. Um, dealing with Trump as well as liberals. So, ugh. and Russia can't forget Russia. Oh gosh, yes, Russia. Um, Someone with like a Russia Darth- IP was trying to hack my website earlier. <laughs> I was just like, okay, whatever. Oh my gosh, it was probably RT to be honest. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. To uh, I think yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday. Senator Jan Shaheen, she mm-hmm. introduced this bill to basically investigate RT. Because and she compared it to Nazi level propaganda. And it's like, have you actually watched RT? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's gotten out of control at this point, mm-hmm. and it makes me. Sometimes it's funny, but there's a point where it's not funny anymore. Right, right. Because you have people. I mean, Twitter is is a disease. I think it is I hate toxic. Twitter. Yeah, but I'm it's a toxic I'm, space. It is a toxic space because at least Facebook, you can filter out the idiots and they're not usually friends with you on Facebook. So Facebook is a much better medium to express your political opinions because you usually just get support, not necessarily all this uh, just backlash like you get on Twitter. Um, You know, I've been called a uh, KGB Sharia B-I-T-C-H. I don't know if I can curse. You, so, you're fine. I'll just put an explicit warning on what I'm Yeah, I spelled it out, so it shouldn't be so bad. No, 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 you're fine. And then the, it happens every once in a while. You should have heard my guest last week. It was one of my friends from high school. She just was letting them rip. So you're okay. Uh, yeah, I'm usually good with that, but I, I for specific examples like this one, I, I yeah, don't think yeah, I can leave that one out. Yeah. And yeah. it's mostly coming from liberals who mm-hmm. are butthurt over Hillary not winning and they mm-hmm. still somehow think that by impeaching Trump that liberty w- that liberty is will be saved and we can now rejoice they, do they not realize they're going to get president Mike Pence who is right. infinitely worse right and right. impeaching Trump doesn't ad- address the flaws embedded in our system right and it doesn't uh, resisting President 45 doesn't do anything. And Ajamal Baraka wrote a great article about this in Black mm-hmm. Agenda Report. He wrote that Trump's neo-fascism was facilitated by Obama's neo-fascism. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure if I posted that, like all the triggered liberals would come at me. And I'm not saying that I'm not say, I'm not referring to liberals as if like I'm a conservative. I'm a r- real leftist. Right, right. right. And well, that's a fine distinction, too, that has come to light. Right. In, in, in the wake of yep. this whole election cycle process. Right. Yeah. Like, like people use terms like liberal and progressive interchangeably. But like, as we've seen, you really can't because there are different tolerances. They, different they are things, different. But different I think that liberals are using the label of progressive and mm-hmm. prop and basically trying to spread their stupid policies that don't do anything. And they're ruining that label, too. Mm-hmm, 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 and that's what agree. I'm seeing happening. And I, you know, I as of three months ago I identified as a progressive, and now I'm I'm leaning, uh, I'm shifting away from that. Yeah. Because of that, because of the fact that liberals are misusing that label. Like there are there are former Bernie, I mean there are Bernie people. These are people in the Bernie movement who are saying Russia hacked the election. I, I understand that Bernie is saying that too, but Bernie also said that Iraq had weapons of mass destruction. So not everything Bernie Bernie says is 100% true. And this is why I think that some Bernie supporters are just as, they have this Messiah mentality just like like Trump supporters, that whatever Trump supporters think, whatever Trump does is correct and he's right no matter what. There are some Bernie supporters who cannot criticize Bernie. Absolutely. And they look at him like a Messiah. Like I've criticized Bernie 
several times, especially on foreign policy. I didn't agree with his strategy of of supporting uh, Clinton, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I didn't vote for right. Hillary Clinton. And, and uh, you know, people ask me all the time, oh, oh, Trump is so bad. If you could go back to November 8th, would you vote for uh, Hillary? I'm like, nope. I would not vote for Hillary. I still would not vote for her. And I think that if they had a revote, like, you know how there was this uh, huge movement to... Uh, mm-hmm. have another re I think she yeah. would lose by more to be honest <laughs> because liberals have gone so, batshit crazy so bad because this is such a bad scenario we're in right like Trump is so <laughs> awful right and I'll, I I I have been honest about not voting for her I also live in a red state so like mm-hmm. it didn't really matter who I, voted yeah. for. I could have voted for you know the moon man the man the moon and it wouldn't have changed anything yeah but 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 it's so bad because quite honestly because like you know not that I was like really like okay we need to find a way to get her to love us so we can win this and win it for the country stuff but at the same time I, I I see there's a secret part of me that held out hope that she would do right right just so, just so, just so we could avoid having to deal with him but she didn't do that I wasn't lifting the finger to help her make that happen because mm-hmm. we, a group of us got called as social media influencers you know uh, with members of her campaign to see what we can do to help defeat because we got to be all in this together because they're trying to tear yeah. us apart stronger together. Yeah, well, I had to say, I had to say on this call, I said, with all due respect, it's not outside forces trying to separate us and tear us apart, quote unquote, right on on the left liberals, progressives, whatever. Absolutely, that was the part I made. I said because you know we're thirty days out from the we're thirty days from the election, and and now you know beginning August one, you guys had Republicans for Hillary. Hillary, we spent months of recruiting moderate Republicans, good Republicans down here in Georgia. They ran commercials with Republicans talking about moderate Republicans. are there what, like three of them? <laughs> I mean, well, they don't well, exist any. Yeah. In in the nineties, they existed and in great numbers, but now the numbers are in the actual leftists, the part of the Democratic Party who are real progressives. The independents are mainly leftists. So that's so. I mean, if Hillary had not shifted to the center uh, during the general, and if she had just shifted to the left, she probably could have won. And I think that she, mm-hmm. if she had trained as her vice president, she would have probably won. She, I, I think she would have won. If even if she, so. yeah, even if she hadn't picked him as her president, if she had picked someone where that was more acceptable, right. Or actually had something more to offer to, to this side. <laughs> but also, like you said, had she actually embraced, had, had coming out of the DNC, what had the convention not gone the way it did. Right. Oh. Um, and then coming out of that process, had there actually been some like, okay, you know, we need to all come together. But all it was, because what was it? Oh, I don't need those people and like all this other stuff. Oh, you know, I got them in the bag. Yeah, so like, it was just like, I'm going to go, rec- yeah, I'm going to go recruit and, Republicans. Yeah, and huh, Bernie, Bernie people are basement dwellers. Free college, it's never going to happen. So, 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 but, 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 but looking at this, you know, people ask, and I I see a lot of this, people are like, well, don't you regret it and things like that. I think part of the issue is if there was a strong case to be made of why people need to support her, her campaign just did not do it. And saying that this guy campaign was a disaster. Absolutely. We see Wisconsin, we see Michigan. Wisconsin was like the biggest fail ever. Rust Belt voters, she didn't get Rust Belt voters. And these Rust Belt voters, they were the Democratic firewall. They voted for Obama in 2008. They voted for Obama in 2012. And they actually voted for Bernie in the primaries. But when it came to the general, they're like, oh, you know, do I want to lose my job or do I not want to lose my job? And then they voted for Trump. So I mean, and some what, of the and some of the same people now are, are 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 regretting it, but still, here we are now. And so, yeah. Well, listen. At, no, at the end ahead. of the day, they voted for Trump because of TPP, because of his stance on TPP, yeah. and yeah. he came through on that. Yeah. That's one thing that I'll give. You know, I'll give Trump that that he yeah. did stop TPP. So and that's all she had to do, right? And all, all the phone calling and like, I oh, why didn't say that? on trade. During the general, even if she did not do it during the primaries, if she had shifted that way towards the, in in the general, I think she would have won because that's well, what really lost her on the defensive. election. Well, he had her on defensive on that, right? He'd go into NAFTA, he'd go into things she said, oh, and yeah. she did not have a good answer for it. She didn't have a good response, and, 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 and that really was what a lot of people paid attention to. Um, yeah, because he had her on the ropes on that, and and yeah. and, and that that was a problem. 
But like shifting kind of more towards now what's happening with, with foreign policy. We've had the disastrous, you know, um, what he says are non-bans, but we've disastrous Muslim bans. And it seems like that's actually extending to barring other people. I just read an article earlier about two Colombian sisters. One was 11, the other was 20 that were detained for 36 hours and then put on a plane back to Colombia. Um, we're not allowed entrance into the com- country, even though they're in the process of applying for citizenship. So, I mean, I agree with what you were saying. You made a great point uh, pointing out to John Baraka's article about how, you know, what President Trump is doing, while it is egregious and excessive in many ways, it's just building on the foundation that Obama and others had built before him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and this stuff with Syria and Nikki Haley and we will take action. Uh, I'm just... I'm at a loss for words in all of this right now. Oh, gosh. Uh, There is a serious conflict between Trump and the Mm -hmm. deep state, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. the neocon establishment. And the neocon establishment, contrary to what people believe, is not just Republicans. There are plenty of Democrats in that neocon establishment, like Hillary Clinton, uh, even Barack Obama, um, Chuck Schumer, uh, Nancy Pelosi, et cetera, et cetera. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they make money off of wars. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but General Wesley Clark of, I think it was a while ago, and he basically um, came out with the list of, I think, five or six countries that the U.S. was going to invade. Mm. And Libya was on the list. Iraq was on the list, Mm -hmm. et cetera. And Syria also. Right now, Syria is having okay so the myth this myth there are no moderate rebels in syria that Mm -hmm. they don't exist that's western propaganda right um i i don't think getting into syria right now getting into details about syria right now is the right way to go but i i do want to address um the ban right right go ahead yeah. Which was intended to be uh, a ban, as Trump said himself, now, he was targeting House. Muslims. But the way it has come out, um, it's it, it can't be. It's it's not accurate to call it a Muslim ban, mm-hmm. and my being a Muslim. But I understand why liberals and and Democrats are, are trying to call it a a Muslim ban because they want to separate Trump from the Democrats and make him look uniquely nefarious and, and just okay. evil. Um, Saudi Arabia isn't on the list. Right. And they're the largest sponsor of terror because he loves the Saudis. He does business with them. Trump registered mm-hmm. eight new businesses in Saudi Arabia during his campaign. But all you hear about is Russia. Right. And, right. and, and they say, oh, why? Okay, so if you ask any of these Dems, why his relations with Russia, uh, R- Russia poses a serious problem. Oh, because Putin is a human right, human rights, human rights violator. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Saudi Arabia is the worst human rights violator in the right. world. Why not that? Turkey, Erdogan is mm-hmm. imprisoning journalists, and after the coup, he imprisoned uh, thousands of protesters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the coup attempt, sorry. I think it was over the summer. Um, So there are these just uh, hypocrisy. (laughs) There's no uh, dearth of hypocrisy in our government. Mm -hmm. Um, Pakistan isn't on the list. Uh, uh, India has a high population of Muslims. Uh, And in terms of sheer numbers, I think India has has one of the largest populations. Um, There's Indonesia, Malaysia. Bangladesh, why aren't these countries on the list, right? See if he's trying to ban all Muslims. And there were cases of Christians and Jews getting right. detained at the airport. So, well, well, that's what people forget, right? That not everybody, just because you're coming from a, a, a country in the Mideast region, that you're automatically Muslim, that there are. Yeah, exactly. You know, Palestinian Christians are fighting right. Israeli, um, uh, mm-hmm. Israeli apartheid. Um, there are Syrian Christians, there are Lebanese Christians. It's just, right. it's just a myth that they're all, they're all Muslims. But you know, what, what pisses me off the most is the hypocrisy of Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, as a Muslim, uh, living in the post nine 11 world, I had to deal with a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on one second. I'm just, no, you're fine. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the post 9-11 world 
it was a period of extreme nationalism. Mm -hmm. Uh, The modern anti-Islamophobia movement was non-existent. Both Republicans and Democrats abandoned us. We had nobody. This was after, like, during Iraq, Afghanistan, when they were, you know, beating the drums for war. Mm -hmm. And any acts of violence towards Muslims, they were... They were justified, tolerated, sometimes encouraged, because uh, allegations of anti-Muslim bigotry, uh, they were dismissed as unpatriotic and anti-American, which to me, like looking back at it, is disgusting. And I honestly, I commend those who are resisting Trump's Muslim ban or visa ban or countries Mm -hmm. Obama had bombed and now Trump is banning ban. Um, (laughs) that's one to say three Uh, times fast (laughs) i know (laughs) but i have a few questions honestly Mm -hmm. to people for the who are loyal to the dems um why don't they stand with us during periods of extreme nationalism when it's not the quote cool thing to do you know i'd like them to stand with us when republicans and democrats disappear um don't desert muslim americans like they did after Mm 9-11 you know when I was choked against a locker and beaten for being Muslim, essentially barred from seeking you know, appropriate measures for justice because doing so would have devalued my patriotism and forfeited my right to identify as American, like if I had complained about that. Right. And this is what I don't understand. Okay, you're all coming out in protest against Trump's Muslim ban. Where the hell were you all these years? Okay, where were you after 9-11? That's the whole point of what I have to say. And I think that Democrats and Republicans, for that matter, they need to abandon partisanship and stand with us regardless of the political party in control. So Absolutely. I mean, we need people to stand with us and put people first, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Versus their donors or whatever petty political whatever is going mm-hmm. on. I mean, that is a big part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's partisanship right now that I see mm-hmm. is a huge problem. It's that, and obviously the system that allows political parties to take money from donors. And it's just it's the capitalist system that I detest, and that's causing the uh, such uh, terrible times for us. Resisting forty five isn't going to do anything. Like it isn't going to do that. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm honestly fed up, especially having to fight not only the right, but half of the left as well, mm. or the quote, quote unquote left. And it's exhausting. And they don't really want a revolution because um, so, uh, towing the Democratic Party line, it really just delays the liberation of the oppressed. Mm-hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. and that's not something i could stand for so and ugh, it's disgusting to me i like something you just said about them not not wanting revolution it's like they want a restoration to a better they want, time, a, they right? want a reformation a reformation yeah because there's a very specific reason why bernie calls it a political revolution and not mm-hmm. a revolution because he wants to do it for, through political means oh let's Call your senator and leave him a message. Sign this petition. Oh my gosh. Yes, this is how Show we'll, up at town halls. This yeah. is how we'll get rid of the billionaires and the millionaires. So <laughs> I just had to. I'm sorry. I, I didn't know. know you did impressions. Hilarious. <laughs> we need a political revolution. <laughs> I can't. Oh God. Hilarious. Uh, but I love Bernie, and I think he was mm-hmm. on the. He, he was. I still love Bernie. He was going in the right direction, but it's just when I think revolution, I think Lenin, nineteen seventeen, Bolsheviks. Like I don't think of this. Like, hey, sign this petition. Um, there different is something more to this. I agree that that really, you know, I saw someone was was commenting that you know we were all united under Bernie. Now after he lost, we all fell apart. And I said, well, there's something different between you know, trying to work towards helping someone get elected in a campaign process and building an actual movement for social change, right? And so that's the space we're in. We're not building a vanguard party. We're just like, oh, like the Democratic Party, they're going to change. 
Oh my Dude. gosh. And we're going to change them. Okay, good <laughs> luck with that. <laughs> well, you know, there. I think there, there are some victories some folks can have. I try to be positive. Some victories yeah. can have at the local level, at the local level. Am at I holding out level. hope? Yeah, am I holding out hope that somehow the DNC is going to wake up and realize that they really loved us after all and we're the ones for them? No. Um, I don't think we'll, we'll, we'll wake up and be long lost loves and everything will be all, all well and good. And I just, I, I just don't I like internal strategies in mm-hmm. general. Like, I mean, federal level, international level, um, right. it, because it may seem easier and more likely to deliver quick results, but mm-hmm. it, internal strategies rely heavily on hope, hope that the Democrats will relinquish control of their party and allow us to take over and our success is directly dependent on the mercy and the compa- uh, on the mercy and compassion of Democrats, and people are w- willing to take that gamble. Mm-hmm. Their internal sat- strategies—they're just—they're uh, not only unreliable but inefficient. Ref- uh, as I said before, reforming the corrupt Dem- Democratic Party it doesn't even address any flaws, let alone break the system. And that's what we're trying to do—break the system. Right. The system isn't corrupt because the Democratic Party is corrupt. The system is corrupt because the system is bloody corrupt. That's just how I can, in the simplest of terms. And I, changing, I literally just said this, but changing the framework of a political party isn't revolution. It delays revolution. And by delaying revolution, you're only delaying the liberation of those oppressed by the system, which is minorities um and the working class the 99 99%. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, and just thinking about just some of the just, just I want to go back to a little bit something that you said earlier about how, you know, the craziness of the Democrats and all this Russia stuff now. Um I saw you had a post about what happened in St. Petersburg recently. Mm-hmm. Um and just how there wasn't and I know when when things happen, like a lot of times, I know when there was stuff happening in Haiti, we we joked different times or Nigeria, we we're like, hey, Facebook, where's the overlay? And you pointed out the same thing, like, yo, where's where's the overlay? And you made one of your own. But like, I think this is a really good point, though, about who society, who the mainstream, who Zuckerberg and, and the powers that be decide who it's is actually the valuable. East versus the West. Yeah. yeah let's just Call be simple and honest yeah. and blunt. It's the East versus the West. Anybody, if people in the East, if people in the East get killed all the time, it doesn't happen in mm-hmm. France. And and what Zuckerberg is saying to the world when he uh, offers a, a French flag overlay, but not a Russian flag overlay, is that French people, uh, British people, are inherently superior to Russians or inherently mm-hmm. superior to um, Syrians or or Yemenis. And that's right. something that I don't stand for. I, I mean, I wanted to make a point with this specifically, even though that there's been so many attacks, the French, uh, the France attacks, right? Because Russia right now is unfairly demonized in the media, um, and Russians, not just Putin and and the Russian government, but Russians, just anybody who does dares to challenge the Hillary Clinton Democratic Party line is immediately labeled as a KGB agent or uh, a super spy or FSB or um, Miss Russia Today 2017. Uh, but yeah, I got that yesterday, which was great. <laughs> I mean, it gave me, I had a great laugh. I had a great laugh. My parents laughed too. It was very funny, very creative. But that's the point, that they want to keep us keep us in control so that we do not challenge the system and liberals and progressives are calling for it it's plain and simple and it's very easy to see and even in if i even attempt to show them that reality mm-hmm. i'm a russian spy so and larry larry king is apparently a kremlin super spy um so is tom hartman and ed schultz what so i mean yeah I, oh because the rc say. affiliation yeah yeah whatever so, my dad and i my actually my dad my dad was like my dad isn't like what's his name i said who tom hart he said no what's his name i said who ed schultz he said no he said larry king he said he said aren't they on rt and i said yeah he was like what are people talking about <laughs> i've been watching i've been watching i've been listening to tom hartman since air america and blah blah blah, blah. so yeah it is the, the levels that people go to right to make this all yeah. make sense Even and oliver though, stone's son sean stone jesse ventura's son tyrell ventura 
Mm-hmm. Are they all Kremlin super agents? I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they're my friends, so <laughs> you know, maybe I. I, I don't maybe, know. I don't maybe. even know if I'm a KGB super spy. I might. Who knows? Well, that's why um, I laugh because I do. I do interviews. I contribute a, a, a radio Sputnik all the time with uh, Brian Becker's Loud and Clear, and then Eugene Perrier's By Any Means Necessary. So I always joke with them. I'm like, oh, I'm in with the Russian mafia now. Ooh. I know, right? And they're like, you know, no, I, get it right. I, you know, people do say I'm KGB and a Kremlin spy, but I, I'm actually not. I pretend to be in hopes that Putin hacks the election <laughs> again in 2020 and makes me president. So <laughs> that's exactly why I do it. You know, actually, since we need we need more women anyway, so I mean, I think we could make that happen without Putin. So I mean, yeah, we don't we, we don't we, we don't need you know flooding show, social media with trolls. We yeah, we just need Putin to hack everyone's brains, like he clearly has. Because that's clearly what he did. He sent like out those rays and said, you know, stay home or don't like her or whatever he did. Um, I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know we were living in like some I new think age it's sci-fi Soviet movie. mind control technology. And I think they could be involved with aliens. I don't know, but that's probably you know that, where they get their technology from. That could be. I mean, there are probably parts of Russia that that have not been explored in a very long time, and that very well could be. I mean, I think maybe some of that cold is a front for a yeah. secret alien base. <laughs> maybe, and and he can see, and Putin can see Russia. Uh, Putin can see Alaska from his house. So, I, all Trump needs to do is propose a bridge be- along the street. Mm-hmm. from Russia to Alaska and boom he's going to be officially KGB or FSB now that's, I mean it's like a, a 60 mile uh, street and it would connect two yeah. continents I mean I think I, the idea would be cool but I imagine what Democrats would say oh my god he's going to be transporting oil Gazprom is going to make a pipeline from from the Bering Strait straight to Hilarious. Alaska I don't know it's just too funny I can't get over this and and it's it's so funny, but it just infuriates me because I know that this is only going to delay revolution. It's going to delay class consciousness and us realizing what the true problem is. Well, somewhere the in the middle dictatorship of, of yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. The, finish up. Yeah. The real problem is the dictatorship of the bourgeoisie, and we need to convert it so that uh, the working class is in power and not the capitalist class. Absolutely. Somewhere in the midst of all this, we need to channel it back into continuing to build up our strong local, you know, movements and organizations to to fuel that broader national scale um, uh, movement that we need to have. So mm-hmm. any final thoughts? Because I got to get ready and wrap it up to switch the channel. over. Yeah, no, no problem. Any uh, final thoughts that you have to share with 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 the viewers and folks? I, I so appreciate the name you. of Tommy Laren's show. like final thought oh that's i think one of her shows oh gosh but um hilarious final thoughts use your brain um question everything don't just parrot the cia narrative um instead of going to articles for sources and to understand what's going on like a right-wing article and a left-wing article go to the source directly Mm mm-hmm and that's what I usually do, and that's that's what's help that what that's what helps me um, stay informed. I mean, it helps me stay informed. Um, Absolutely. And I, yeah, I'm the internal pessimist, so I don't have much hope the way things are going. But I'm going to s- keep doing what I do and keep challenging the narrative, and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, if I can change one mind, if I can change one person, then that is the first step towards changing the world. So awesome. Yeah. That's great. I appreciate you so much for joining me. We'll definitely have to do this. Yeah, let's do this again. I had so much fun. It's like, oh, like two girlfriends talking about radical Well, well, actually, what I'll have to do next time is get like you and Rania and some other people together. Oh, God. That would be hot. Fantastic. (laughs) Wow. so much fun. We need to make that happen. I love doing yes. work. We need to make that happen. Oh that my god, wild. yes, for sure, for sure. She's going um, to Lebanon soon, I think. Is in, she? 
mid-April. So okay, yeah, maybe we can, can maybe we can, maybe we can figure out how to do that before she goes. But yeah, um, I love again, Rania. Shout out but, to Rania Kolick. I love her. She's yes, I finally got awesome. to meet her when I was in DC for for the inauguration. So it was so exciting. It's like Ben was like, I okay, was there for the inauguration. Were you? Oh well, yeah, I'm sorry I was there for the weekend. I know. I'm so but, but we'll, we'll have to coordinate to be someplace at the same time another yeah, time too. Sure, but it was so sure. funny because Ben was like, she has such high energy, and so when I met her, I was like. Like, oh well, you got high energy too. She was like, oh my god, I was like, oh my god. So yeah, this is just—it's just the spark when one radical leftist meets another radical leftist, and it's just everything. Yeah, our energy is going to talk a lot, so it's it's going to fly fast. All right, so I appreciate you so much, and we're definitely going to keep this this conversation going and other ones. And it's so great to talk to you. I'm glad we're finally connected. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate you as well. I love the work you're doing, and it it's an absolute. Thank you. Here. So thank, thank you, you everybody for joining us tonight. Um, you know, just, just continue to do the good work, you know, good work, good people, good conversations. Uh, we'll have a couple other interviews in the works coming up very, very soon. Also next week, check it out. It's a uh, free Brisha is the hashtag, you know, Brisha B R E S H A. Uh, next week is another call, another action week of action. Check and see if there are teachings or anything around you protests. If not do something, show something, show support, check out the website to see if there's any donations or anything that you could do to help. Um, her trial date is coming up, I think in May and just still trying to help. I've talked about, you know, her case before this is the young woman that uh, uh, killed her father in self-defense, protecting herself and her mother. Um, domestic violence against women and, and, and young young children and girls is very serious. This is a case that's near and dear to my heart that I'm trying to follow. So please, um, I'll tweet out some more links and posts, but 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 do what you can where you can, however. So this has been with the Wave of Noah. Thank you so much, Samira. And I'm out. Peace. <laughs>